Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III. And today I'm excited because, you know, we're used to having the wholesalers and the house flippers and the land flippers. But today's going to be a little bit different. We brought someone in from the digital marketing world, Aaron Parkinson. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing super, super well. I'm super excited to be on this podcast. I've watched lots of them before. Um, love your energy. We're part of the same mastermind. Yep. You know, it's, it's just a great opportunity to be on the Titanium Vault podcast. And I wore this hat for you today because you are the champ. There all you the go. Belt, all the belts in the back. I figured I got to pull out the goat hat for this podcast today. I love it. I love it. So funny enough, because we're going to talk about like marketing and brand awareness and stuff like that. One of the things that I've done for my my brand all going all the way back to 2020 has been trash talking in good humor some people that compete against me for yeah. these belts okay King. and it and it's always just a good fun but I did one recently where after the 2023 closers olympics we had a post conference and there was a guy that showed up wearing a hat Max Jimenez former guest, good friend of mine. He wore a hat, just said goat. And when I finally got to come up and accept that I won, I actually pretended to be LA Knight from the WWE. And I did the whole, you know, let me talk to you boys. I did the yes and all that. And one of my punchlines was, I'm glad to see that Max Jimenez already bought some of my my marketing gear by wearing my goat hat. So I love (laughs) the fact that you've worn it. Um, and, and we're going to talk more about that because you we were talking before. You're talking about it's just about getting eyeballs on you, right? That's yeah, why man. I do stuff like that, just so people pay attention. Have you right. ever have you ever watched a uh, a TED talk by a guy named Simon Sinek? I haven't. Okay, so for you or your guests that have never watched this TED talk, the guy's named Simon Sinek. It's spelled S I N E K. And Simon and I did some work a couple, you know, about a decade ago. He's got a, you know, a grip load of New York Times bestsellers. And, he, and he's all about communication. And he says in this, in his TED Talk, Start With Why, he said, your goal is not to do business with everybody. Your goal is to do business with people who believe what you believe. And when you think on that for a second, you see where everybody goes wrong in their marketing. What they do is they come out and they go, okay, well, I can, I can sell to all of these people or I can teach all of these people or whatever. And so what they try to do is to try to curate their communication. They try to curate what they're putting into the world to fit everybody. And it's dead wrong because when you try to sell to everybody, you end up selling to nobody. So the fact that you come out and be yourself, you talk some trash, you got the belts, you're a little abrasive, right? It attracts the people who believe what you believe and it repels the people who don't jive with your style, that authenticity. And what I tell my clients is that's the difference between transactional and tribal is when you cross that bridge and you realize I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be all me. I'm going to have fun. That's going to be my brand. You end up building a tribe, right? And that's what you're doing. Absolutely, man. And you talk about it like, Having fun. Yeah. I, I think that has been one of the, the biggest changes for me since 2020 when I just said, hey, instead of making this cookie cutter perfect content, let's just go out there and be ourselves. And now I'm always laughing 
I'm always having fun. There used to be like this, such a flow to how I had to do the podcast. Now it's like, shit, bro, I haven't even asked you what you do yet. And we're four <laughs> minutes in, you know, it's like, it's just, it's whatever it is, you know? And, well, and, and, and let me, let me reinforce why you're right. Okay. We'll play a little game with your, with the people who are watching today. I want you to name me three CEOs of companies in the United States that you can think of out there. The three CEOs, tell me three CEOs off the top of your head. Just anywhere? In the United States. Elon Musk, right? Everyone knows about him. Let's go Gary Vaynerchuk. Everyone knows him. And uh, let's go Pace Morby, our, our, our boy that we just saw at Family Mastermind. I've got a lot of respect for Pace. Okay. So if I asked you who who's currently the, the CEO of Ford, could you tell me? No. How about uh, the CEO of uh, General Electric? No. Mm, CEO of uh, Walmart? No. Right. Why can't you tell me who those people are? Because I I probably wouldn't drive with them. I don't see them anywhere. I don't see any con- – where would I see them at? Exactly. And when you look at the the people that you talked about, what's the consistent across those people? What's the consistent variable? They're always putting themselves out there. They're always they're always in the headlines. You're they're always, always in the headlines. And more importantly, to your point, they're always having fun. The amount of stuff that Elon Musk, most valuable company in the world, the shit that that guy posts is ridiculous for somebody at his level. I remember during COVID, he bought Liar.com and he forwarded it to the premier of Canada's or the prime minister of Canada's Wikipedia page, Justin Trudeau, because he didn't like the way that he was handling the COVID situation. He bought liar.com and forwarded the domain to Justin Trudeau's Wikipedia page. Wow. This, the stuff that comes out of this guy's mouth is so off brand for somebody that is supposed to be at that level of corporate society. It's part of the reason why Tesla's valuation is so high. Yeah. As people have bought into him. They bought into his mentality, him bucking the trend, him going against, you know, the grain of society. It's really hard to buy into a faceless, emotionless nothing of a company, right? Look at how big Amazon's become, right? He's always out there talking. Look how big Tesla's become. Look at how big VanderMedia's become, right? Look how well Pace is doing. And it's because they are- three years. I mean, you take Pace- it's crazy because, like, it's easy to look at someone like Elon Musk and get lost where you're like, well, that's Elon Musk, right? Yeah. I've actually seen Pace Morby in 2018 at an event introduce himself to me. No one at the event knew who he was. He spoke before me, and he made everyone in the crowd cry. And I remember looking at the host, and I go, what the fuck? I have to speak after this guy? <laughs> I don't stand a chance. Who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, that's a word. We're at a a real estate event. He's got them in there crying like we're at church or something. Like it's over. It's game over. Yeah, I'm out. I skip my turn. And now, fast forward five years later, I mean, he's, I mean, he's in another stratosphere from every other real estate investor influencer. At, at what I would consider the smaller level. He's not at the smaller level yet. I mean, he's 
he's all the way up there where now he's speaking on stage with Tony Robbins. You know, I mean, that's what he's doing. And and you're right. It's But you talked about building a tribe. Right. And we're going to get around to what the hell it is you do here at some point in time. Whatever. But, but I think that's one of the things that I took away from Family Mastermind and all these people that are really building these followings. And this goes back to people that right now, maybe you're wanting to create some of your own content. Do it where you are going to be proud of the content that you put out three, four, five years from now, where that's what people assume you are. Like, right. that's who you are because that's who they see you on video. No one has to guess who RJ Bates is because I literally just go live for eight hours a day. So it's like, I can't even pretend. I'm not that good enough of an actor. To and you don't want to have to pretend. It's very difficult to put one, take one mask off and put another mask on. Right. And, and and somehow make that work in your public life and your private life. It doesn't work. So I got a question for you because you're you're in the world of marketing, mm-hmm. and every I didn't do this intentionally. Sometimes I just accident. I should just again. I'm just being authentic. I should just take credit for it, but I'm not. It was an accident. Every morning I listen to an Audible book. Today I started a new one, and the one that I chose was Get Creative. Um, by Mike McCallowitz, which is essentially about marketing. And his yes. thing is, is be different in your marketing. Be Correct. different than all. Do you agree with that? Should we all be striving to be different with our messages and our marketing? So when you're in a, in, when you're trying to enter a marketplace, it's very, very difficult to stand out against your competition immediately. So there's, there's three ways that you can consistently break through in that marketplace, right? Number one is you can be completely different, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Number two is you can be authentically yourself. And number three is you can do it through sheer volume. Now, the great thing is when we look at sheer volume, there's so few people in most marketplaces that are doing anything at all that it's really easy to win the volume game. I mean, if you're putting a piece of content out Twice a week, you're ahead of like 99% of your competition. Right. Right. So you you start talking about once a day or like you eight times a day. Like there's nobody doing eight times a day. Like you just, you're going to win. Right. So volume and then being authentic versus just putting out, you know, stuff that you think everybody wants to hear. You're just authentically being you. So, you know, the whole point of obviously getting eyeballs on yourself is at some point you want to attract business back to yourself. And if you're authentically yourself, I'm ba- I, I, would, I would love to ask you, do you find that you attract a lot of people that believe what you believe because you're just authentic in your messaging? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how much easier do you think it is to communicate with those people than communicate with some, you know, 44 year old CEO of a pharmaceutical company who wears a shirt and tie to work every day? Yeah. Case in point, I, I, I don't want to completely interrupt, but I want to use an example. A good example of this is I just shared this reel on my Instagram, TikTok, and all that. I'm live. I'm talking to sellers. I get a lead to my website. Guy says, I just watched you on Pardon the Disruption. And the question was, how would you fix San Francisco? First and foremost, my answer was, first and foremost, I wouldn't be the mayor of San Francisco because I'm a Republican. And he said, the moment you said that, I loved it, and, and I knew you were my guy. And then my answer was, you can't fix San Francisco because they don't want to be helped. 
That's why there's poop on the walls. That's why there's homeless everywhere. All the, the commercial buildings are becoming vacant. Yep. And and I just, I laid out, hey, this is like, they have to at some point in time decide that they want change there. And he said, I've got two houses I want to sell you because you're my guy. Right. Because I saw that what you said. Now, if you had beat around the bush and you'd been like, well, that's the, I don't want to be politically incorrect. And right. that, 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 that conversation wouldn't have gone that way. And I have my own show and we talked about it last week with this, this exact topic. Right. And the reality is, is that when you put yourself out there enough times and, and I have my show in my signature, I'm sure you have your show in your signature in your email. Yeah. People come to me when they're thinking about hiring my company. And I can't tell you how many people have said, I watched every testimonial on your website and I watched, I binge watched 10 of your shows. Yep. Again, how much easier is it for me to make a sale, to form a relationship, to create a partnership when they've been pre-sold on me versus just having some static corporate website? Do you have this problem? We fix this, you know, contact us for more info. That's the coldest sale possible. Yep. It's, the, it's the highest friction sale possible. But when somebody gets a chance to know you, like you, trust you before they get to you, it's just order taking. They're just trying to see if the fit is right at the moment. It's There's a, a guy it, that literally watched all of my videos for 50 days straight. We have a two-day boot camp coming up. He sends in a message yesterday. I call him myself. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize the name. I call him. And he says, hey, just verifying, uh, if I buy a ticket, it's for both me and my spouse, right? I said, yes. He says, okay, cool. Thank you. Click. Three minutes later, <laughs> the order goes through. And we're talking about this is, you know, a couple thousand dollar ticket. Yeah. Like, that's just instant sells because like what you're talking about, the marketing really was from the content. And from the brand awareness, not really any marketing effort that I did there. So I, I guess going back to what it is that you do, you're you're the owner of what is now Seven Mile Media, or has it always been Seven Mile? It's Media? it's always been Seven Mile Media. We were he's asking me because I'm doing a rebrand, and he was I was getting his opinion on some logos before the show. But yeah, it's a we're just doing a rebrand right now, freshen up. We want to we want to evolve our own stuff. The funny thing, and I'm sure you could relate to this, is that I have very little social following. Um, my website's like five years old and isn't even congruent with what I offer right now. You know, the, there's there's stuff all over the internet that we haven't even locked down that we need to. Right. And it's because I'm too busy working on my clients' projects to give two shits about my, we're always full, we're always busy. And, I, and somebody, you know, one of my team members said, you know, it might be time to actually put a little energy into our own stuff. And I went, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Let's do right. it, you know. That's, but you know what? That's consistent with people that are in media. Like, honestly, I, I see that pretty regularly with guys that I've worked with where it's kind of like, I'm always working on somebody else's. Why would I work on my own? You know, it's like we're, we're, because realistically, and it, it's funny because I'm, I'm arguing with myself on saying this or not. This morning, one of the things in the book was, you know, word of mouth is not really a strategy. Uh, a client referral is not really a strategy because you're putting it in the hands of your customer. What do you think about that? You kind of rolled your eyes there a little bit. So because I'm stuck in the middle too. And and so I got to be transparent, right? I started this agency uh, five years ago 
and I started it after th- three different exits of different companies that I had. I had an education company in digital marketing with 100,000 students in 80 countries on subscription in the mid 2000s. Wow. And I, and that was crazy that, you know, I was flying around in private jets and office in New York and all of this, like we, we were the thing in the mid two thousands, like we caught fire in a, in a, in a bottle. Right. Right. And then from there, I sold that to my partner and I went into uh, health and fitness. I grabbed a, a girl by the name of Kim Lyons from the biggest loser TV show. I built my own phone app to hold people accountable. I built my own supplement line first month out of the gates, million dollars in sales. Like it was just like a rocket ride. And my partners ended up taking that company over after about three years. And then I went into e-commerce and I built a a female fashion brand as a joke. My partner literally looked like you. He's a cop and he's a captain in New Jersey. He's got handlebar mustache, shaved bald, should not be running a female fashion brand. But we were like, let's do it. And we built it up to 12 million a year in sales in 14 months. That's how long it took us to get 12 million a year in sales. And I sold it to him. And so I started my agency from scratch, from nothing. And... And I, because I had such a big network of people from my experience since 2004, all I had to do was just let a few people know, hey, I'm in the game. And there's a lesson there because a lot of people play undercover business owner. They, they start their business and then they're like, I don't want to tell anybody that I'm doing this just in case I'm not good or just right. in case I fail. They might come back and say, oh, I told you so. You, you know, you reach too high. People sometimes like to revel in your failure, right? Yeah. So what they do is they don't tell anybody. All I did was just told everybody that was in the industry, hey, I'm, I'm taking clients. I'm starting this agency. And I was full. And then I got great results. And I put in a referral program. This is lesson number two, where I said, I'll pay you 5% for a year on the recurring revenue if you send anybody my way. So if you liked my results, you know, or you know anybody who's looking, let them know. Boom. That was a new layer. Now the calendar was full. Then I started leveraging audiences. This is lesson number three, podcasts, doing free trainings in in online groups, masterminds, whatever. You show your level of knowledge. People go, oh my God, that's that's exactly what I want to do. But man, I don't actually want to do any of the things that he just said I have to do. So I'm just going to message him or call him and and hire him. And boom, all of a sudden now we had these links these pieces of content embedded in these communities that were constantly feeding back to us. So as of right now, I am an advertising agency that has never run an ad, which is the irony is thick. I, I, I appreciate that. And I understand right. that's also something I'm kind of proud of. Like I've never had to go look for business because we've been so successful at what we've done that people just talk about us. So it's actually the core of what you want to have happen. That's the one side. The other side of that is what you're talking about, which is it can be unpredictable. So you shouldn't solely rely on that. And as a result, even though we're still full, we're still growing come January, we're going to be launching our own community where every day we're going to be reviewing people's stuff live on Zoom to help them get over the hump in whatever they're doing. And we'll charge, I don't know, $2.99, $4.99 a month. I don't know what it is. We'll pack it full of courses. We'll do all that good stuff. But even though I don't need the clients in the back of my head, I'm like, I got to have that predictability, you know, just in case. Right. So I think I think the answer is yes on both sides. And I will also say your business model matters in that, right? Like you're once you get a client, 
you're kind of signing them up for an extended period of time. Huge amount of time. Right. Huge Whereas, amount of time. I think in, in this case, Mike was more referring to like, hey, you're selling a product. Like, right. If you're selling a product or let's say you're, you're trying to find distressed sellers. Right. Yeah. You want the you want the referrals from the realtors. You want people out bird dogging for you. You want all of those things. But it's not smart to solely rely on that. Your business is the wait on Susie Realtor to bring you a motivated seller. You're you're going to be in trouble. Like you're you, going to be eating a lot of beans and hot dogs. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's nice when that comes in. Right. But um, it's a bonus. And, right. And, and like, listen, we, you know, Jamil Damji, big on direct to agent. He talks about this all the time. It also took him like a decade to build up the book of business that he has with realtors where they're just bringing him deals every single day. Like, don't think you just build that overnight. No and, chance. You need to do really good business along the way, too. That's Absolutely. also how you do it from the marketing efforts that you do. So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, across the board, is there anything that's standing out to you right now in 2023 that's really working with digital marketing in comparison to, you know, maybe four or five years ago? I think that that as things become bigger the natural inclination is to go to more complicated. And I'm a big believer in if we don't talk about simple, people just won't do it. Right. And so when we talk about real estate, as an example, most of your stuff is probably uh, geo-specific, right? Because you got to probably go see the property, feel the property, smell the property, do whatever, title checks. I don't know. The content that you create. So let's say that you have a podcast, right? That, that, that is built in syndicated content that can be used. But if you don't have a podcast, you can literally sit down and you can think about what are the 10 questions that my ideal audience might have about the benefits of selling to somebody directly versus listing it with a realtor as an example, right? What are the 10 benefits Or what are the five benefits and the five hidden drawbacks of listing with a realtor? Okay. And you would probably have more insight into what those specific topics are, but you shoot those one minute each. You go to Upwork, you get a little editor. He puts a little intro in, a little outro in. It costs you 50 bucks to make one. You use it forever. You throw some transcriptions on there so that people can read it on their phone and you create a Facebook and Instagram advertising account which they're not that it's not the easiest UI, but okay, you might have to read a couple of tutorials and it might take you a few hours, but so what? And you take those 10 pieces of content and you pop them into a campaign and you target your geo plus 50 miles, however far you want to go. And you just put little micro budgets behind them. Maybe it's three bucks a day. Right. So let's say we got 10 videos, it's three bucks a day. Talking about 30 bucks a day. So you're in for a grand in your marketing efforts. And some people might say, oh, grand, like that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. Trust me, spend, you know, a million dollars a day on ads. It's nothing, right. trust me. And so now you saturate your audience in that area and you just leave it on. And maybe the call to action on it is something along the lines of, you know, hey, are you ready to talk? Send me a DM. Yep. Now, the, the what... Now what you've done is you've started planting seeds. 
Because the challenge in the real estate market specifically is that what you're all trying to do is you're trying to find the person who's ready to cut loose at the time they're ready to cut loose. Right. If anything, you're not there when they want to cut loose. So what you're doing is you're banging doors, trying to tell them, hey, your, your place sucks. You should cut loose. Right. So you're, like, you're proactively trying to tell them. That's what this is. This is a running commercial, a series of 10 commercials that all it's really doing in your local geo is saying, I know what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm credible. And you're putting yourself in front of their face over and over and over again. And you're getting people to watch these videos for about two cents each. I mean, I don't know about you. I couldn't stand on the corner of the street and give people two pennies to listen to me say anything. Facts. Right? So you're just saturating them going, I know what I'm talking about. I'm here. I'm ready to buy. Here's why you should work with me. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just dripping on that geo 24 seven. Well, first off, you look like you have a social following of a million people because you're always in their feeds. That's instant credibility, but you're staying in their subconscious. And that one morning where they wake up and they, they're sitting in their bed and they grab their phone and like, man, I hate this house. I'm behind on my mortgage. There's too many repairs to do. I just want to go rent a place and boom, there you are again. Yeah. They're like, I haven't seen this guy for six months. I'm going to hit him. The problem with most people is they don't think about the 98%. And I go back to, to start with why with Simon Sinek. Talks about the law of diffusion of innovation. There's 2% of people who are ready to work with you right now or buy from you right now. The other 98% of people that would buy from you eventually just aren't in the buying modus yet. Right. Or they need to see other people do it before they'll do it because they're a little bit sheep mentality. And if you're constantly saturating them, that's how you get the 100% of people that would buy from you eventually versus just the 2%, which is what most people go after. And then they wonder why nobody's buying. And here's what I'll say about this is, is because we are small businesses, right. we have the ability to do what you just said. Like, Absolutely. hey, I'm going to take this video. I'm going to do this, you know, five or 10 one minute reels. I'm going to run these ads. You are a human. You are local. You are the person in their market. If you're not doing that, guess who you lose out to? You lose out to open door. You lose out to offer pad because they're always going to be spending the money in your market, but they're not a human. They're not, they're not friendly. Like the people don't want to do business with open door. Like we do business all the time where open door and offer pad offered more money. And they're like, I just don't trust them. Right. It feels like I'm doing business with a machine. And it's like, cause you yeah. are. Absolutely. But if you're not doing that marketing, like you just talked about there, they, you leave them with no choice. It's like and, my, and, my and here's, friend used to say, it's like winking at a girl in the dark. If she doesn't know you, you don't, you, you don't <laughs> exist. Then how does she know? You're just over there winking. You got to turn the lights on. You're winking at a girl in the dark. I like that. I'm going to steal that. Now, here's the thing. Here's a little secret I'm going to give to everybody. Everybody's worried about, ah, I don't look good on camera. Okay, first off, if you don't want to be on camera, hire somebody to be on camera and read the script. You can do it on Upwork for 50 bucks. Okay, but I would put yourself on camera because, again, people want to do business with people. They don't want to do businesses with empty face corporations, right? But here's a little thing that from a human psychology standpoint that I'm going to share that's really important. Since the 1950s, the advent of television in, you know, mainstream America, 
We have been conditioned, keyword conditioned, to believe that anybody that we see on a screen over and over and over again is rich, is credible, and is famous. Yep. Now we've got 75 years of conditioning built in. You and I met Hulk Hogan last week. Yep. Okay. Hulk Hogan's like 70 plus years old. He's not wrestling anymore. He's not on, you know, mainstream media or whatever. How did you feel when you met Hulk Hogan? Like I was meeting a superstar. Like I, I, mean, like, I lost my mind. Yeah. Butterflies in the stomach, like everything. Right. Because we've seen Hulk Hogan a million times in our childhood yeah. on television. Okay. That same psychological impact happens when you dominate your local geo. So when someone's trying to decide, do I go to an open door? Do I go here? Do I go there? Or do I call that RJ guy? Yep. In their mind, they go, he's always on. If he's always on and he's still on now, he must be successful, wealthy, checkbox. If he's still on and he hasn't been canceled and I Google him and I don't see a bunch of terrible things, he must be credible, checkmark. And here's the last one they don't think about. They want to meet you because in their mind, you're famous. Yep. So there's this extra incentive to go and say, even if the deal doesn't work out, man, I always just want to meet that guy. He's always on my screen. When I talk to other people, I can say, I know RJ. I've met RJ before. You are positioned as credible, wealthy, and famous. And people want, here's the last point. They want to reciprocate to you. As humans, we are we are built in a way that <clears throat> if somebody want, gives to us all the time, we feel this natural need to give something back. It's called reciprocity. Yep. So if somebody's consumed all of your content and then they have a choice to buy in your industry, they feel morally obligated to buy it from you to close the loop on the reciprocity. But if they don't know who you are and they've never heard of your stuff before, the chances of you making that sale are are very low. And it's so easy to manufacture fame. This What we're talking about right now is actually a presentation I'm doing at Traffic and Conversions in January is how to manufacture fame. This is a big chunk of what I'm going to be talking about is how to manufacture fame in your industry to establish yourself as your, your authority. Because it's so freaking easy to sell once you've done this. But here's the thing, and I want to tell a story that kind of proves your point there. Uh, people don't think that this is important when it comes to wholesaling. They're like, listen, I can just hire a VA to cold call, lead comes in, and then I can convert it. Here's the funny thing. I went live for eight hours a day for 50 days straight. Wow. I got just as many contracts from my virtual assistants cold calling for me as I did from my Instagram and TikTok of me sharing reels of me buying houses from other people live on YouTube. One minute reel of me talking to seller. Hey, this is RJ. I want to buy your house, blah, blah, blah. Send a contract. Okay, post those. I got 15 contracts from TikTok and Instagram. People DMing me. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have a house I want to sell. As I did cold calling, you could literally make this a marketing strategy, just making yourself the authority 
making yourself famous in your geo areas. Now, going back to your story there about before you go, to keep this thought because I want to okay. pause you. Now, if you went and maybe looked at the engagement of those 50 pieces over those 50 days and you found either the 50 most engaging pieces or maybe you tracked, I don't know if you tracked back, who contacted you for for a, a purchase from what piece of content? And now you took those and you put a $3 a day budget behind those specific ones, or you put it behind all 50. I mean, it's not really up to you, but I would look at the ones that got the most engagement that resonated with people. And you put a $3 a day budget behind each one, say of the 10, right. and you saturated your local geo. Now you wouldn't be reliant on your organic reach of your social channel. You would be manipulating the system and manufacturing your fame. That's the next step in that process. Does that yep. make sense? Yep, absolutely. And and here's, here's what I'll say. So I was live on YouTube during those 50 days. Where these were coming from were from the one-minute clips from those lives on Instagram and TikTok. So every day I was posting two reels. Every yep. day, two reels, two reels, two reels. And that's where it was coming from. It was very interesting to see. And I don't know anybody else that has said they, they get deals from posting live calls with sellers. Why? Because they see credibility. I'm on the phone with another seller. They see it over and over and over again. He must be successful. He's buying all of these houses rich and then fame. Exactly what you said. Another example of this. Started my podcast six years ago. Six and a half at this point. Six and a half years ago. Super afraid of cameras and, and lights. Wouldn't do it. It's an audio only. Eventually, I got convinced to do Propelio TV. Propelio is a company that we use, and they said, hey, we want you to be on Propelio TV. So I was super afraid to do it. I recorded like two episodes. It's Christmas time. I take my kids to go see Santa in Arlington, Texas. Lights, the whole Texas Ranger Stadium has Christmas lights. You walk through one of the ushers. Are you RJ Bates? I am. Yes, sir. Right in front of my kids. It was like a super cool moment. <laughs> He's like, are you RJ Bates? I watch all of your videos. There was only two. But he watched all of them. Dude, you're a hero to me. Blah, 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 blah. Again, like you said, the conditioning. 75 years we have been just condition that if there's a camera, which now we can buy for $99 at Best Buy and post for free, you must be rich, you must be famous, and there's credibility behind it. So thank you for sharing that because all of those days, I am an example of where I can point back and say, hey, I got things from just putting myself out there. And, and I and I know for a fact, because it happens with all of my clients, that you have no idea how many deals you did that they didn't tell you anything about watching your oh, stuff. Absolutely. You know, and, and in my email signature, I, I put it together so long. I can't remember what it says. It says something like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, t you know, show. Yeah. And then it says like, talk to me and has my calendar underneath. People will go and click on the show link and just binge watch all my stuff 
and realize I'm a, I'm a normal guy. I'm a family guy. I got three kids. I've been doing this a long time. I know what I'm talking about there. And you, you, when you start to do this, your mind will just be blown how much easier your conversations become with your prospects, with your potential partners, with your JVs, because they've had an opportunity to get to know you before they meet you. When they don't know you, when you meet, man, you got to break down all of their resistance right. in that first call. I'd much rather only talk to people that have have consumed some of that stuff before they get to me. Let's do some math here. Sure. One of, one of the things that everyone in, in real estate investing is told to do is direct mail. Okay. Let's just say the cheapest piece of direct mail you get is 38 cents. Okay? I was going to say 30 cents. I'm not in that game, but I was going to guess. So 38 cents. So how many how many pieces of mail are we getting if we're going to get, if I can figure out how to do this math, divided by our times. We're getting 380 pieces of mail. Is that correct? For, I, I don't know how you, what you're trying to back $1, into. $1,000. Oh, so if you can do a thousand dollars and they're thirty-three cents each, it's roughly three thousand pieces of direct mail. Three thousand. Okay, yeah. Right, okay. Right. So, so I like where your head's going with this. So, so three thousand pieces of mail in in a in a market like Dallas, Fort Worth, or a Houston or Phoenix, you're lucky if you get a one percent response rate. It's yeah, it's not just the one percent response rate. So maybe you get and ninety-eight percent of those are going to just chew like cuss you out. Yeah, and 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 98% of the people who do respond are going to cuss you out. And right. then you don't know how many people actually just took that and into the garbage can. Right. And and when we look at what I'm talking about, let's say you went and put a $1,000 a day budget behind 10 pieces of content in your local geo. Yeah. Number one, we're not talking about somebody picking up a postcard. We're talking about somebody watching a video of you talking where that built-in conditioning is established. Number two, what most people don't realize is that every platform, Google, TikTok, Meta, doesn't matter. They record in a file anybody who's ever watched your video. Now, this is really important because if you go out and do a cold lead generation campaign, you might pay 30 bucks for a lead, whatever it is, 50 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever your business model is. Right. If somebody watches two seconds of your video, it's stored. So essentially now you have a two cent lead. And if you want, you can put one video up and say, I only want to show my second video to all the people who watched the first video. And you could just retarget the first video to the second video. And then do the same to the third video and the fourth video. And you could waterfall them. And only be showing your stuff to people who showed interest from day one and just chipping away at their resistance. You can build essentially a massive lead list inside of any of these platforms just for somebody watching two seconds of your video for two cents a piece, right? Just imagine just hitting that audience over and over again. If if I knew how many people watched my commercial on TV or read my direct mail and I could retarget those people, that would be amazing instead of just throwing money and hoping and praying, that's what you can do digitally. Listen, you bring that up. Where if you're if you're listening on iTunes, I apologize. You should probably <laughs> subscribe to my YouTube channel, especially <laughs> considering the fact that we're talking about you know online marketing. Uh, right. 
So fellow family mastermind member, Michael McDonald. Okay. Um, also just recently on the Titanium Vault podcast. Yes. Prior to any guest ever being on the podcast, I always do research on them. Like, what is your business? What are you doing? So I go and I look up Michael McDonald. I look up his business. I've done business with Michael. Like we've actually done deals together. And one of the big changes that he had was is his business was Rocket Home Buyers. Well, Rocket Homes, aka Rocket Mortgage, uh, essentially went out and said, um, "Hey, uh, you need to take down Rocket Home Buyers. You can no longer be that, or or we're going to sue the shit out of you." Okay. So that he had to rebrand his company, launch home buyers. So I, I did some research on that. And last night, like we talked about, I'm a WWE fan. Um, watching Monday Night Raw with the kiddos. Look what pops up in the commercials. Oh, Damn. Michael McDonald, launch home buyers. Boom, baby. What was that? I'm watching it on YouTube TV. That's a retargeting ad, just like what you're talking about. That didn't pop up to everybody watching Monday Night Raw. That popped up to, hey, you watched one of our launch home buyer videos. We think you need to sell our house. So while you're getting drunk in your 9 p.m. desperation of not being able to afford your mortgage, while you're trying to, you know, soothe your worries by watching John Cena and The Rock and everything, we're we're gonna retarget you and say, hey, will you sell your house? Absolutely. And, and, and that's the, and I want to leave it with this. You know, I actually, I just sent an email to somebody that I'm supposed to meet two minutes ago. And I was like, I'll be five behind because I'm having more fun here. <laughs> that when, when digital came out, a lot of people missed the boat on what it meant. Yeah. Because previous you had print TV radio. Those were the big three. If you were going to do newspaper, you, you had to, you know, spend a minimum of $10,000, you put your stuff out there and and you basically waited for a month to see if what you put together converted, whether, but then you didn't know whether it was the, the ad, you didn't know whether it was the audience. Right. And so you were, you're trying to figure, figure out like, what, what, what do I change now? If you go to television, you're a hundred thousand dollars. And again, if it doesn't convert, is it the ad? Is it the audience? When we move to digital, I could put something in front of people in two minutes and see whether or not they wanted to click on it or not. Unlike television or unlike radio or unlike, you know, print, as soon as somebody clicked on it or viewed it, it's captured over here and I can retarget them. So the next time I spend money, I don't have to blast it at the hole. I can blast it at the people who've already put their hand in the air and said, I'm interested. I watched a commercial already. Show me another piece of content that makes me know, like, and trust you. It allowed you to go laser targeted and it allowed you to reduce the wastage on your spend. And now we're in the authority phase where you can just go live whenever you want. And if you've got a following, they'll follow. And if you don't have a following, put micro budgets behind it and shove it right in front of them so that they assume you do have a following and they start watching your stuff. There's never been an easier time in life to establish yourself as the authority in your marketplace. There you go. We're going to end on that note because I know you're a busy guy. You got other important things to do than shoot the shit with me. Hey, guys, 
Uh, if you liked what Aaron said, okay, he has a video on his YouTube channel where he fought Daniel Cormier. Okay? <laughs> and, and what I know is, is that he came within inches of teabagging Daniel Cormier <laughs> during that fight. So go check out that video. Aaron, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, RJ. I'd love to be back another time in the future. All right, man. See you.